away. Huberto walks in, makes a move, and he scores! Jonathan Huberto! And he scores! Alexander Markov! What a move! He's giving the Panthers the lead once again! Welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Here are your hosts, Jameson Olive and Doug Plakins. Hey everybody, welcome to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Doug Plagans, Jameson Olive here with you on Territory Talk, and we welcome you aboard. We thank you very much for being here with us, whether you've listened to the show one time or 200 times, wherever you are listening. We thank you very much for being on board. Another exciting episode coming up here today. Billy Lindsay, my broadcast partner on the Panthers Radio Network, he's going to stop by and, well, we, we already recorded that conversation, Jameson. We covered all things Panthers, so you and I, our work's about done here. Billy Billy summed it up better than we can. You want to pack it in right now? Yeah, <laughs> we, we could. Head to we lunch. Wanted. Yeah, well, we're going to do that anyway. Well, 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 I got well, to ask, you, were, uh, you weren't here last week. Katie, yes, was, Katie and, was pinching. And I was going to say the prediction game, we're going to have that coming up. I don't believe there was any movement, though. No, no movement. Uh, my safe pick didn't work and her bull pick didn't work, so you're still up 11-10. to 10. But Barn I gotta burner. ask, you went a whole week without talking territory. How'd I that, still did plenty of territory go? talking. It was just on the radio. It wasn't here on this forum. That's this true. Venue. That's true. So, uh, folks, territory too, adjacent. Yes, the folks too. I was <laughs> across the whole territory from the Keys all the way up to the Palm Beaches and everywhere in between, and then across North America on Sirius XM satellite radio and people in their cars driving on the various thoroughfares here across South Florida. You could have tuned in. You could have heard me talking plenty of territory wherever you were. I just wasn't talking territory on Territory Talk. Yeah, and then I, I had one pretty disastrous after 40 uh, last week on that road trip, uh, the game in Toronto, actually. Because the hard part, because I was on this last road trip, is when you do after 40 on the road, it's a cell phone call with Kevin Rogers. And usually you can find a quiet place somewhere. But there was no quiet places Couldn't available. find a good spot in the Toronto Press Box? I could not. So it was pretty much like I was talking to K-Rodge from like a, like a front row of a Muse concert, and it was just... <laughs> Super loud. So uh, if anyone listened to that, I hope they had a good time. The The best part of that Toronto press by, I like when you walk in and there's the big picture of Foster Hewitt on the wall when you're walking down to where the booths are. Well, that's what I, because we went through, obviously we went through Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto. When Montreal's to, press box is outstanding. And when you go to places like that, I, I think Montreal's vibe is just fantastic. But when you go through like those press boxes, especially Montreal and Toronto, it's like every two feet it's like an historic photo or a banner or something. And I feel like since we're still a young franchise, like we need more photos, I guess, of like just you up here. Like we don't have enough photos here when people walk around. Well, we I need to create our own history. And I was—it's funny you mentioned that. I was thinking about this yesterday. Just put you in black and white. We'll pretend I, it's old. I love opening up when we play the Canadians or the Red Wings. Uh, I love opening up the game notes and seeing franchise lists and seeing things that you know and notes and things like that. Oh, on this night in 1958, this happened. I just think that's awesome. Maybe other people don't. I think that's the coolest thing ever when I can look at a, in the game notes and see like Rocket Richard's name is in there. Well, we were dying because like you look, especially in Montreal, they have like 800 retired or honored numbers and they have all the banners and all the players' faces and all the numbers. And I'm looking at like King Clancy smiling over to the left and then like down on the ice is just like this wild club mix playing during warmups. And I'm like, I think King Clancy thought this is where hockey was going from back in the day. I, I just, it's, it's such a fun juxtaposition of like the old old and the new new and I kind of enjoy that so I feel like we're pretty much all new new here in Florida and well and that's cool that was the other, we, we talked about that when the Panthers played Montreal 
Thursday, the road game. Billy and I talked about that. The the numbers, if you look at their roster, Brendan Gallagher wearing number 11 was the lowest number on the roster. Shea Weber is still assigned number six, but he's out on long-term injured reserve. They haven't handed anybody number eight yet. Ben Sherratt had that before the trade. But the reason 11 is the first number for the most part is because they're all retired. And in some cases, some of them are oh, retired yeah. Double twice retired, because, yeah. of people, because of people like Jacques Plant and Doug Harvey and Boom Boom Jeffrey on and Butch Bouchard and Rocket Richard and the whole crew. Names used to be so much better. We got lazy with names as time went on. But names if, were cooler If back you then. look back in a hockey history book from the, the real art, like going back, mm-hmm. like before you were allowed to make a forward pass era, like the 19 teens. Oh, yeah. Or And then they, then they transitioned and, you know, you had the game kind of becoming modernized into the 20s. And, you know, there was a long time. There was an era. Goalies couldn't go down. You couldn't make forward passes. That was the early 20th century. But some of the names. I just want to say, like, we went from King Clancy and Boom Boom Jeffrey on to Mike Smith. Like, something got lost along the way where names just got simple. Nothing, uh, our apologies Nothing against to the Smith, Smith family. Smith. Yep, our but apologies. it's just, like, that's that doesn't inspire anything when you hear the name Mike Smith. Toe Blake, Dit Clapper, Eddie Shore, those were the greats. That yes. was what Reg Dunlop said in Slapshot. <laughs> we also referenced Slapshot when I talked to Bill Lindsay here in just a few moments. We could go on. And, how about Newsy Lalonde from the early 20th century? Those, <laughs> and, uh, and, of course, like 19, early 1900s baseball also has every name is fantastic. Yes. Mordecai, Three Finger Brown. Like Mordecai. We're, no one's named Mordecai anymore. They're named Mike Smith. What happened? Got to bring him back. Tiny Thompson, the old goalie. <laughs> Pee Wee Reese. Yeah. Well, we had Pokey Reese, I guess, not that long ago. For Pokey the Reese. So, yeah. Baseball does a better job of keeping the names alive than hockey. Although hockey names now are getting even crazier in a different way. Like that next generation. Like, like the, Uko Pekka Lukanen? Well, no, like the Blade Jenkins generation. Like those guys coming along. Gunnar Wolf Fontaine. Friend of the program, I wish. We'll get him on. <laughs> Territory Talk, the official <laughs> podcast of the Panthers, presented as always by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Uh, Jamison, the Panthers rebounded from a loss in Toronto on Sunday, end of the road trip, much-anticipated matchup with Toronto, came back, got the win over Montreal, and uh, in you know you could you could argue in some stretches the Panthers didn't have the full game they probably wanted to against Montreal. The Canadians came back, tied that thing up, but the Panthers ultimately prevailed, and that was a case of superior talent, not to undermine the Montreal Canadiens, but they're they're eliminated from playoff contention. They're in transition. The Panthers are the more talented hockey team. There's no disputing that. And superior talent won out in the end, and the Panthers got the result they needed. A win's a win. They went out. They won the third period. If they won the third period, you could forget everything that happened before that. That's exactly what happened. And I think that's going to be a big thing. And I talk about this with Billy Lindsay quite a bit, but a big thing for the Panthers really is going to be staying in the moment at this point because the Panthers are going to be playing a lot of teams that aren't in that playoff mix, especially with everything pretty much decided and set in stone as far as the Eastern Conference is concerned. Uh, going to be interesting to see how they continue to get themselves up for each and every game, knowing that the Panthers have everything already. They're in a good spot. They have everything pretty well taken care of. Uh, obviously, you want to make sure you win the Atlantic Division, but they've got a cushion there too. So the Panthers are in a good spot. Every game is not, you know, there's not, uh, it's not a life and death situation with every game for the Panthers right now. But at the same time, I think these can be valuable lessons. These can be valuable places to, to, to learn things. Valuable places to, I guess, just make sure the habits are good. 
going into the playoffs. Yeah, because, I mean, there's 16 games left in the regular season, and the Panthers already have 96 points. That it might already be the fourth or fifth best season in franchise history with mm-hmm. 16 games left to play. So uh, I was talking to you about this the other night where it seems like the last two months or so since the Panthers really started to like hit their stride and kind of build that cushion, every team they've played, in the, pretty much every team they've played for the last two months, has needed the game more than the Panthers have. Which is tough to do every night when you're playing a team that's in desperation mode and you're like, eh, be nice to win. We're gonna we're gonna try and we're gonna give our give it our all, but mm-hmm. this isn't make or break for us. Yet they still have been coming out on top in, you know, ninety percent of those games. And that's the crazy thing about the Toronto game, which, you know, that came at the end of a trip where they played nine to ten on the road. In that ten they went seven, two and one. That was a great yep. stretch. I'll take that any day of the week. Everyone's happy that with that. Bruno was happy with that. But I saw some, of course, Toronto folks in the media are saying, you know, that was a statement game for the Maple Leafs. Like, no, well, it, it wasn't. It, in some, it, was it was a, a f- nice win for them. They needed it more. They, and that's they were the thing. It, it, I don't know that I'd say statement game, but those two teams, head-to-head, it, it was the first time they'd played. Toronto was the lower team in the standings. The Leafs are in a logjam with Tampa Bay and Boston, and obviously you want to finish as high as you can. So, yeah, that game meant more to them. Calling a statement game, I don't know. Yeah, but even but like- they needed that game a lot more than the Panthers did. The Panthers could drop that game and say, you know what, go home, get the next one. We're still, what is it, seven points up in yep. the division as far as uh, the start of uh, start of day-to-day where things are. Yeah, the, the, the Leafs needed that game more than the Panthers, and both teams were on a back-to-back, so nobody can use that as an excuse, even though I'm a firm believer that especially... Leafs this, a bit healthier. I think the whole back-to-back thing yeah. is a media-manufactured thing anyway. I don't think players, mo- for the most no. part, are that worried about it because they all came up playing back-to-back games all the time, and in many cases, three games and three nights throughout the minor leagues and uh, at lower levels. But, but even that game, that was an even game at five-on-five, five and the Leafs won the special teams battle, which I think... But the Panthers are still getting little lessons. I think the little lesson from that one, Bruno talked about it, is the Panthers just got to be better in special teams in those tight yep. games. So they're still learning things, and they're still just chugging along. And there's, up there's lessons to be learned. Andrew Burnett said, I, I, I asked him yesterday after morning skate if matching the energy of Montreal was going to be the biggest key because credit to them – they look like a different team under Marty St. Louis. They were lifeless under Dominic Ducharme. They have been reinvigorated. They've got a lot of guys playing better. We talked about it on the broadcast last night, Jameson, and you know there are two directions a season can go when you are eliminated from playoff contention like the Montreal Canadiens are. Things can just fall apart, unravel, dead in the water, can't buy a win. Or, in the case of what the Montreal Canadiens have had happen, you have some young guys come up, guys with something to prove. Guys all of a sudden start having fun because the new coach says, you know what, green light. Go have fun. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. We're in a transition. We're building for the future. We want to see what we have. Guys, go out and have fun. Go out and play. Let's go out and score some goals and, and play a fun brand of hockey. That's what the Canadians are doing, and that's why right now they're a pretty tough out, and they're going to be the rest of the way because there's a lot of you guys the over same there. You see the same thing with the Senators, a, too. Yeah, there's a lot of guys over there that have, have a lot on the line. Andrew Brunette said that – Lately, you go back to Toronto game, the the Ottawa game, the Montreal game. Sure, the Panthers won those games, but he said they don't want to get into a habit of chasing the game, and they've had some stretches in these last couple where, where they have had to chase the game a little bit. This time of the year, you don't want that to happen. You don't want to have to do that in the playoffs. That's a good lesson you can learn. These are things you can work on here over this last month, the regular season. And that's why I think it's nice over this last month. They have two more against Toronto. They have another Tampa game. So they got a couple. Boston's of, in there. Yeah. yeah, they got a couple more heavyweight games mixed in with, you know, like I said, those games against the I think there's And there's teams. another game with Nashville. Yeah, so they're going to have some tests. They're going to get ramped up for the playoffs. But until then, 
this team just is hungry for the playoffs. Carter Hagee said it the other day when I asked him about just kind of the road ahead when we were in Toronto was, you know, we got X amount of games until the real season starts. So they're already looking ahead of the playoffs. Uh, you still got to clinch. You still got to play the games. But this is a team that is more focused on just tweaking things right now to get ready for the playoffs rather than maybe the end result. And that's exciting. And when I talk about, you know, working on little things, they still have three new important pieces. They're working into the lineup. It's only been, you know, four games now with Giroux, Sherratt, and Haig. Liked what I've seen from all three, but it's still, you know, that's four games. It's going to take some time. They're going to get Aaron Ekblad back eventually. Um, those are all big things. And those are all things that are going to make a difference come playoff time. So for the Panthers... Just keep on cruising, keep on learning things, but we're all looking ahead to the playoffs right now. And I like the flexibility, too, and we won't get too far into it. This is something we can talk about as we get closer to the playoffs. But I love seeing Giroux on the Barkov line. But in the Montreal game, Andrew Burnett tinkered with a couple of things. I didn't mind seeing them split up either because of the face-off flexibility that it gives you and having two ace face-off guys on two different lines because when it comes playoff time those guys are both going to be taking a ton of draws and in some ways that could be easier if they're broken up on different lines at the same time if they're on the same line one's a righty one's a lefty so it gives you the ability to make a strategic decision depending on what circle that face offs in so yeah, it guess- can go either way we're going to see how it plays out the rest of the way I, I like I see the positives of, of both scenarios we'll see what Andrew Burnett decides to do down the stretch yeah and I, like I said I like what I've seen from all three of the new guys but Claude Giroux especially in the face off circle he won that game in Ottawa with if he doesn't get any points as a Panther, I mean, he's already gotten uh, four assists as a yeah. Panther and picked up another one last uh, last night against Montreal, four in those first couple of games. If he doesn't get another point as a Panther, but he's over 60% in the circle, he's helping this team win <laughs> in more ways but than the one. good thing is he's going to get a ton of points. He's going to get a ton of points. And just dominant in the possession game. That line was already really good, but for Hagee, Barkov, Giroux, just never let go of the puck against Montreal the other night. I think Giroux, I tweeted the other night when he was on the ice at 5-on-5, five five, the Panthers outshot the Canadians 19 to one. And that's the kind of, you know, other element that he brings to that lineup, especially with his playmaking abilities, him for Hagen Barkov, we're having a ton of fun out there right now, but Doug, we've been rambling for a while now. Let's get to you and Billy rambling. Yes. Billy and I had a great discussion. Uh, and, uh, we talk all things Panthers territory talk is always presented by Baptist health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers, my broadcast partner on the Panthers radio network, longtime Panther, original Panther, still the score of the most famous goal in Florida Panthers history, though. We'll see if, Sometime this spring, uh, a goal that is on equal level to the one that Billy Lindsay scored back in the 96 playoffs first round against the Boston Bruins. If uh, another one on that level uh, ends up being scored and kind of gets placed on the mantle next to it, the Panthers mantle, if you will. Uh, Billy Lindsay, kind enough to stop by. Let's get right into that conversation. Well, joining us here on Territory Talk, my broadcast partner on the Panthers radio broadcast, Billy Lindsay, stopping by. Billy, we thank you very much all the time for stopping by here on Territory Talk. Great to get some thoughts from you. And, well, the Panthers most recently coming off a win over Montreal. Got a little bit more interesting than the Panthers would have liked for it to uh, at one point. We can talk about that a little bit here in a moment. But overall, Billy, the Panthers right now, and we talked about this during the postgame show after the game on Tuesday night. But the Panthers are in a good spot right now. 45 wins on the year. They've got a cushion between themselves and the teams behind them in that division race. As far as the Panthers at this point in the year, what are the keys for this team now? Because they've accomplished a lot. They know they're going to the playoffs. What's the key to not only keeping the foot on the gas, but making sure everything's where it needs to be come playoff time? 
just the habits. It's got to be consistent as far as the work ethic. And you put all this work into the air. Don't let it slide. It's such a talented team. And part of it's getting these new guys integrated into the system. Claude Giroux, Bench Rot, Hag, all these guys that you got at the trade deadline. It's important that uh, you get them involved and up to speed as quickly as possible. There's new systems in place for all these guys. They got to learn it. And getting Giroux involved in that power play, the power play with Giroux, they're starting to try and figure that out. You want to get that figured out before the playoffs. And when you get out there and you do have practices for 15, 20 minutes, it has to be high tempo and pace. And for this Panther team, they got to make sure they concentrate on the defensive side of the puck. We saw it get away from them a little bit in the Montreal game where Montreal was able to score three goals late in the second period. Those That kind of stuff can cost you in the playoffs. If you have a mental lapse for five minutes in the playoffs, you could end up losing a game. It didn't happen against the Canadians, but that's the kind of stuff that for the Panthers, they want to concentrate on 60 minutes of good hockey and tempo and pace. And there's not many teams around the NHL that can keep up with this team when they're playing full tilt for 60 minutes. It's just not possible. They have too many weapons at their disposal. Bill Lindsay, our guest here on Territory Talk. And Billy, looking back, haven't had a chance to have you here on Territory Talk since the big deals were made leading yep. up to the trade deadline. So wanted to get your thoughts. I know everybody's excited. Bill Zito's drawn praise from around the hockey world for the moves that were made. He got the biggest fish as far as available forwards were concerned in Claude Giroux and landed the biggest prize in terms of Ben Sherrod as far as defensemen were mm-hmm. concerned. Got Robert Haig because you can never have too many defensemen when you're gearing up for a playoff run. Overall, how excited were you to see what Bill Zito went out and did at the deadline? It, it was huge. If you're in the locker room and you get players like this, you're so excited because the chance to win a Stanley Cup is so rare. And you got such a good team and and you make it better. You bring in Claude Giroux, you bring in Sherratt, and you bring in Hag, and you're in the dressing room. If I'm a player in that room and you're just kind of, wow, we went out, we, we're going for it. And it does put some extra pressure on your group as a team, knowing that you went out and you made this big splash and you're trying to, to get over that. But it's welcomed pressure so I was extremely excited the Panthers were deficient in the face-off circle it's one area they needed improvement on even if they didn't get Claude Giroux they could maybe make a trade for just a face-off guy but Claude Giroux is one of the best in the the face-off circle he kills penalties he plays on the power play so to get someone like that and there was a hole on that second line that was needing filling. We had all kinds of different players rotating in there. We mm-hmm. had Vitrano, we had Tippett, we had Mammon. It was just a revolving door. Now you get Claude Giroux. It's solidified in your top six for exactly that you want. And now you actually have so much flexibility with your lineup, with Andrew Burnett and the coaching staff, with what you want to do. If there are some bumps and you want to change some lines, all these guys can play different positions. They can play up and down the lineup. So the flexibility and the internal competition for ice time is through the roof, and that's why you should see this team be competitive, extremely competitive every night because they they, they want the ice time uh, just to get out there. So the big splash at the deadline, and they filled the holes that they wanted to fill, and now it's, it's all about putting that pedal to the metal and answering the bell when it matters most in the playoffs. And, Billy, you mentioned with Clojure the face-off prowess that he has, and I know what jumps off the page for a lot of people. I mean, his first two games as a Panther, he picked up back-to-back two-assist performances. And in his career before he joined the Panthers, had 900 points in 1,000 games. So it's the points that kind of jump out at you. But the fact that he plays all situations, he can play the penalty kill. 
And the other thing, if all he does, if he doesn't get any points, which isn't going to happen, but if he doesn't get any points, but he continues to be a 60% face-off guy, the impact he can make in a playoff race and in a series is astronomical. And just yeah. you touched on that a little bit there, but what that can mean to a team getting into a series when you have the ability to, it doesn't all have to be on Alexander Barkov's shoulders. If you get into a, a situation late in the game where you need a draw. Yeah. It's critical. You go back to the Ottawa game. That's a game you don't win without Claude Drew because you have Barkov. He's a left-handed centerman. Drew's a right-handed centerman. So you can have them both on their strong sides mm -hmm. when you want them to take draws, which that's the one thing that maybe gets overshadowed, that they're opposite hands. So you can have Barkov on his strong side and you can have Giroux on his strong side. And that's, that's very important too on the defensive side of the puck. If you ice the puck late in the game and you have Barkov and Giroux on the ice and the, the other team gets to choose which side they want the faceoff on, well, it doesn't matter for the Panthers if you got Barkov and Drew out there mm -hmm. because you can put it on either side and they'll be on their strong side. Yeah. So those little things are critical. And you, if you look around and you watch the highlights of the NHL, and if there's a 10-game a slate, I guarantee if you go through that 10-game slate, you'll see at least one goal every game that's a direct result of a face-off win. And it just happens every night in every single game. So that's an extra added element that you're able to bring. And you're also able to run design plays off face-offs. A lot of teams have design plays in the offensive end. So having a guy like Giroux that's in that lineup that can win face-offs, you are going to need those when it matters most in the playoffs. The best form of defense is having the puck. Yeah. If you have the puck, the other team can't do anything with the puck. So uh, win and draw is one key way to get control of the puck. Billy Lindsay, our guest here. And, well, uh, hard to believe we're already about to turn the page into the month of April. We're heading into the final month of the regular season here. Uh, but, Billy, looking back, some of the individual performances that we've mm -hmm. seen guys put together this year, I mean, there are career years happening across the board for members of the Panthers. And you might look at Jonathan Huberdeau first. He might be the one that stands <laughs> out first. He's, uh, you know, already surpassed the 90-point plateau. But, you know, there's guys. Sam Bennett's got a career high mm -hmm. in goals. Uh, you know, Mason Marchment uh, having a, a breakout season. Yeah. You go right down the list. So many guys are enjoying big seasons. But you get the sense, too, it, it seems like no matter who scores in this Panthers team, everybody is so excited every single time for whoever that guy is that scored. Can you tell there's just a healthy, a healthy chemistry in that regard? Everybody's rooting for each other. Yeah, they are. They're, they're, it's, it's, that's what, what you see on the ice is the product off the ice, the chemistry this team's been able to develop in, in the locker room. You have to have a strong locker room, the guys that get along that want to play for each other and don't want to let each other down and that just want to go into that battle with you and have that guy beside you and you're rooting for everyone and everyone you really realize in this league if you have success as a team it's amazing what it does for your personal career so that's why everyone is when you see everyone scoring goals and everyone happy and excited I can tell you firsthand even just from going to a Stanley Cup but if you actually win a Stanley Cup I you're I, I almost guarantee you if you if you're on a Stanley Cup championship I guarantee you another five years in the league, no matter who you are on that team. If you win a Stanley Cup, you you got another five years. You look at players like Lomberg, Marchment, all these guys, if they are part of a Stanley Cup winning team, everybody wants you, and everybody's going to want to sign you to a contract. Once you get labeled the winner in this league, that, that, that label sticks forever. 
And it's one of the greatest labels that you can have. And so that's what this group is trying to develop. And that's why it's uh, the opportunity that they have before them that they want to seize this opportunity and down here in South Florida and the buzz. And they're just having fun doing it. But I, if they get over and they start to – they, we haven't won a playoff series since 96, and that's been a sore spot, and that has to go away. But I, I know what it mean, feels like to win playoff series. And – those guys in that dressing room, Patrick Hornquist that have won Stanley Cups and that have gone through it, Carter Verhage's won Stanley Cup, those guys know how special it is mm-hmm. and they're able to impart that. The feeling and the adrenaline rush that you get going through your veins when you start winning games in the playoffs and you start winning playoff series and you're able to advance maybe a round, get on to the next round, and the whole world starts watching, not just South Florida. You're, you, you're talking about all of North America starts paying attention to every game and there's there's nothing like it. It's the spotlight. So that's what this team's trying to get to and trying to achieve, and that's why it's so important to be on point here down the stretch and make sure you're playing your best hockey once that playoff comes because once those playoffs comes, there's there's no better. There's the regular season, then there's the real season, and the real season's the playoffs, and they're trending and doing everything they can to try and hold that trophy. Billy Lindsay, very well said there, and... I want to get to something going off of what you just said, but when you were mentioning the job security that a deep <laughs> playoff run can mean for a guy, I don't know why the first thing that popped into my mind is the scene in Slapshot when Joe McGrath came into the room and said there are scouts out there and they've got contracts, contracts in, in their, their hands. Fine. Yeah, it's so true though. It's 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 true. I just look at look at look at Mar- look at Maroon. You yeah. know, guy down there that everyone wants him on his team. Yeah, he won a, won a Stanley Cup in St. Louis. And all of a sudden, Tampa Bay, everybody wants – everyone says, oh, we got to go out and get a Patrick Maroon on our team. We need a guy like that. Everyone needs a guy like that, yeah. So the scouts, they do hand out they do hand out contracts. It's it's If you win, and that's what everyone wants, and that's uh, – the, the, the regular season is, is part of the success. But as you say, where, where do you – what do you remember over the course of history? about hockey how many great regular seasons do you remember some yes you can pay attention there are you a can lot dig of playoff the, games you can point but to. there's a lot yep. of playoff games and a lot of playoff specific moments that one goal like my goal or was something that stood out that stood with me for a long time you can go down mario lemieux when he dances someone you remember darren mccarty in detroit yep. uh, Brad May with about you can go Mayday. down yeah Mayday you just go down that's those are historical moments that is when history's made and that's when the everyone's watching that's why I want this team to experience it I want the fans that have so desperately wanted it down here for such a long time and craved it and this group that's worked so hard throughout the course of this season to get where they are I just really boy to see them have playoff success would would mean the world to me and to see this franchise get close I can't I can't I don't even want to let my mind wander there uh to what it would feel like to win a Stanley Cup because it's moment. a step-by-step yeah, approach it's and... a step-by-step process but boy it's tempting to let your mind wander there as a broadcaster but the players they have to stay make sure they stay engrossed in the moment and as they said we we can get a little ahead of ourselves that as a player you have to definitely take it day by day step by step and that's that's how you get to a cup and in mentioning the day-by-day approach you talked about this on our broadcast recently, and even though the Panthers have multiple games coming up against the Toronto Maple Leafs between now and the end of the season, 
strength of schedule wise, the Panthers yeah. have a pretty favorable schedule in terms of matchups the rest of the way. At the same time, you can't overlook those. And as you pointed to, that's all the more reason that it's got to be taken day by day because you don't want to get ahead of yourselves. You don't want to go up against a. You don't want to undermine any opponent and think that anything is going to be a, a, an easy day at the office. So when you go up against a team that might be out of those can be the wackiest yeah. games sometimes when you're playing a team late in the year and that team's out of it with nothing to play for. Uh, because there's always something to play for the old nothing to play for. That's not true. There's always <laughs> something to play for, for somebody. But in that moment, how do you, how do you get yourself up? What do you have to do to gear yourself up for a game where, you know, you are a team that has bigger aspirations, but you still got to take care of business on a night to night basis. Yeah. Just important because you got all these milestones that you're going to hit as players and everyone's having those career years. You want to continue to add on and stay intact with that. And the strength of schedule uh, down the road, you, you, you want to be, cautious with it because there's a couple of tough games in there but the majority you're the better team and all of a sudden the playoffs are going to hit so you want to make sure that you're laser focused in those games no matter who your opponent is that you have a playoff mind and a playoff mentality throughout that whole that whole thing when you're trying trying to go so it's uh the games the panthers do have a lighter schedule but it's all about just trying trying to go on that arc and that trajectory of still improving and getting better. Uh, what, what can we do better in this game? What, what we can do in the games uh, to make sure that uh, it's just all about just, yeah, complete, complete game. The, there are some areas like the power play. You want to just make sure that's getting better towards the playoffs and everyone's just and health too is, I know that's, that's kind of out of their hands, but you're hopefully, get Ekblad back towards the playoffs and you have a pretty healthy group once you get into the playoffs. That's one thing maybe with an easier schedule here down the road if you do want to rest some players at mm -hmm. some point at certain times that maybe late, late in the schedule if you have the division in hand that you maybe get a chance to rest some players that maybe another team wouldn't have the opportunity. And that's 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 if you can win that division the division title too is is the goal yeah it's important so you got to keep that in focus so that's the main goal that you want to keep in hand even with the easy schedule is, is that we want that division title yeah it's going to be important and we used to say you wanted to win the division because you wanted to avoid tampa and toronto in round one well the boston bruins have surged in and yeah. this is not going to be a walk in the park on the atlantic side <laughs> uh, as far as uh, you know as far as what a potential matchup could look like or uh, if the panthers are fortunate enough to win the division is it going to be a team like maybe the Washington Capitals in that first round? Yeah. I, I guess the big thing, and Billy, I don't know if you've ever seen a year like this, but I can't remember a season where you've pretty much known who the top eight teams are going to be. We knew a month ago. You looked at the standings, and it, the separation had taken place. Yeah, You know, Columbus, they threatened for a little bit. Detroit kept it close for a little bit. But but the top eight teams are pretty well set. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of how they finish. Well, you, go, you went into the game before the Montreal game. The Panthers had 94 points before the Montreal game, and Washington had 84 points you had a 10 point separation 10 point that's five games five mm -hmm. wins yep. between the worst team and the best team i guarantee you all eight teams in the eastern conference believe they have a chance to win the stanley cup that's what i was gonna that's, say I, there's, there's nobody's gonna be happy just being there no there's not one team out there that thinks they don't have a chance the washington capitals ovechkin tampa Bay. i mean you go down the list every one of those single teams believe if they get hot at the right time that they can win a stanley cup so that's why this eastern conference and the way that it's stacked up with all these teams the panthers do have an incredible roster but it's gonna it's gonna take one heck of an effort uh once they get there and it's you know it's interesting Interesting because 
in hockey, people look at it and say, oh, it's, you know, we've seen eight seeds knock off one seeds and things like that. Well, in the NHL, there was once upon a time where 16 out of 21 in the league made the playoffs. And there were some teams that would get in and they would get bulldozed in the first (laughs) round. But now everybody who gets in, 16 out of 32. Everybody who gets in is good. Yes. Especially in the East. Uh, The East is much different than the West. Yep. You're looking over at the West there and they got – they, they, they still got six, seven teams battling it out for the wild card spot. Well, the East yeah. were just battling for positions uh, into the playoffs. And uh, that's it. And every, every, every team in this East that's going to be in the playoff has legit star power. Every single one of those teams, you want you go you go down every list, every roster. There is it's it's heavyweight. There's heavyweight star power everywhere you go. It's crazy to look at the rosters, and the Panthers have a bunch of star power too. But uh, that's why that's why to me getting the the added depth in Giroux and Sherrod, there you cannot have too much depth this year you going can. into the playoffs. And you go up and down the list, and not only can I not remember a season where every team in the conference felt like they had a shot to win it, but Every team in the conference that's going to be in that playoff mix, they all added. They all went out and made mm-hmm. some kind of move at the deadline because every one of these teams knows that they've got a shot to do something. Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be a gauntlet on the Eastern Conference side, and I know uh, we can't wait to see how things play out. Billy Lindsay, thanks once again for stopping by here on Territory Talk. Always great to chat yeah. with you. Always great to catch up with you and, and pick your brain because I know this is uh, the most wonderful time of the year as far as you are concerned to no. be right in the thick of a playoff race. Yeah, it doesn't get any better and it's good back-to-back seasons and what we had and build on it this year. And you've got done this ter- Territory Talk. You've done a wonderful job with it. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. And our pal, Jamison, so, all of you. Yeah, uh, Jamison, all of you. You guys have uh, really, uh, I've listened to a bunch of it, and you've been able to grow it quite widely. So kudos to you, and I'm, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Thanks. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks to everybody who tuned in, because yep. without them, it wouldn't be possible nope. either. Uh, we thank all of you for tuning in. But uh, as always, Billy, thanks very much for stopping by. Big thanks, Billy Lindsay, as always, for stopping by on Territory Talk. Friend of the program, my broadcast partner on the Panthers Radio Network. So great to be joined by him. Uh, thanks again, Billy, for stopping by. Territory Talk is always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. Jameson, some milestones over the course of the last week. Jonathan Huberto became the franchise all-time leader in games played, surpassing a guy who's close to your heart, Stephen Weiss. Love Weiser, yeah. Uh, he became the Panthers' all-time leader in games played. Picked up his 400th assist Yep. Uh, in that process. There were a few other milestones as well. Uh, Nolachari played in his 300th game uh, a couple of games back. 200 assists for Sam Reinhardt, I believe. Sam Reinhardt, 200 assists, yep. Benny's one goal away from 100 for his career, and I know Goods, I think, is going to hit game number 600 at the end of this week. So that's a... With the, especially with the way this team's playing a million miles. And with so, so many guys in similar age range, a lot of guys are yep. hitting these games played thresholds around the same time. And let's not forget as well, the Panthers' uh, new record now for goals in the season. Like we said, there's still 16 games yeah. left, so they're going to destroy that. Uh, already broken it. Um, and Jonathan Huberto, career high, 93 points right now. Barkov's right, right there at 96. He's going to break that as well. So... Panthers he's probably going to, gonna, he's probably going to hit the century mark. It would take a lot for that. It would take a happen. lot for it not to happen. It's going to be exciting to see where he puts that new benchmark here for the Florida Panthers. And Suri Rovsky, I believe, is now three or four wins away from tying Roberto Luongo's single-season wins record. Probably going to break that, pretty safe to say. So it, at the end of the season, we're going to just have to spend like five weeks just sifting through these milestones. It's going to be a recap episode for the ages. It's the milestone edition. But um, one guy that 
you know, not the big milestones, but a couple little milestones against Montreal. We, we, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about here for a second, Ryan Lomberg. Mm-hmm. First two-goal game, first three-point game. Andrew Burnett called him the heartbeat of the team against the Montreal Canadiens the other night here at FLA Live Arena. Uh, the fans love him. We love him. Just big stick tap to Lomby. And I'm starting to get the vision now, Doug. Stanley Cup final, game seven, overtime, Flames, Panthers. Former Ryan Lomberg's old team. Form, fl- former Flame, story, Ryan Lomberg. The story just writes itself. It writes itself. I'm just saying, like, Disney's picking that up if that happens, and I, I, I'm all for it. I, we'd all be all for it. Yep. Um, uh, with with uh, Then he does the bone arrow. Does the bone arrow, Selly, carries it down the entire ice, throws a stick in the stands. Who plays Who plays Ryan Lomberg in the Ryan Lomberg movie? Ryan Lomberg. Why not? He's As talented himself. enough. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be down. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, that's, uh, I think all of us would, uh, would enjoy that outcome playing out for real or that outcome with anybody, uh, scoring the, uh, the game winning goal. I think we'd all be fine with that more than fine with that. Uh, so Bill Lindsay mentioned in talking about Ryan Lomberg, we were talking about during the game last, uh, last night against Montreal, the way he's really, these last few games, he had that eight game injury absence, but his, he just has looked great these last few, and he's getting rewarded with a couple of goals. Has some top line minutes against Montreal as well, uh, so he was rewarded with uh, with some more ice time in that game. And obviously, that's always a a great message to send. But it was around this time last year, last season, that Ryan Lomberg did about the same thing. He his game really caught fire. He, he went from being really a fringe good. guy to a and guy was, you can't take out. It was late last season, leading up to the playoffs, when. He went from kind of a guy that was on the bubble every night, in and out of the lineup kind of guy, to when the games got to be a little tighter and got to be a little heavier late in the season, he forced the coaching staff's hand and forced their hand to the point where he became a guy you couldn't take out of the lineup. Yep. And since he came back from that injury absence, you can tell after the eight-game absence, there were a couple games he was getting his feet back under him. Now he seems to have really found his groove. And it looks like he might be doing the same thing as we get into a time of the year where, as I said, the games get heavier and you need a little bit more sandpaper every night because when you get to the playoffs, everybody's big, everybody's heavy, everybody's good. He's doing the same thing right now, and it, it would not surprise me. get to game one, he's going to be one of those guys that yep. you can't, you, you know, he's going to be firmly entrenched, I think, at that point. And we've seen Mason Marshman do the same thing this season. Well, it's the, because it, it he just sums unique, up the Panthers. The Panthers are unique, the land of opportunity yeah, for bring, anyone. He brings a unique skill set. And he went from being, at one point, a bubble guy in the lineup going back to last season to forcing the hand of the coaching staff, being a guy you just can't take out. And good problem to have. It creates a lot of tough decisions for Andrew Brunette because you are only going to dress 18 skaters on a given night. And you're only going to dress at most 12 forwards on a given night, but when you have guys that are just playing well to the point where you can't take them out, it again, it creates a, a tough decision, but it's a, it's a good problem to have because you are going to need everybody when it comes time for game one. And speaking of, you know, guys stepping up, we have a guy also coming back into the lineup soon. Anton Lindell back at practice, back skating. He's been out for a while. Of course, sounds like he could return as early as maybe Thursday or this weekend. If not, he's getting pretty close to returning here pretty soon, which of course is going to be a huge boost for the Panthers, a team that already, like we said, is playing really well right now, regardless of who's out there. That'd just be a nice bonus for them. But I got also like Ryan Lomberg going to be a key player come playoff time. So uh, things are chugging along, still going great here for the Panthers, Doug. But speaking of chugging along, 
get into the prediction game. You are up 11-10. So we've got Thursday, th- tomorrow at the time of this recording, Thursday, 7 o'clock against Chicago. And then we've got Saturday, 12-30 on the road against the New Jersey Devils. Sunday, 1 o'clock on the road against the Buffalo Sabres. And then the Panthers are back home on Tuesday night, correct? For Toronto, yes. Against Toronto. So we have a four, four games. games four games in the prediction game this week. All right. There's some things to mull over. In four games, three of those games against non-playoff teams. So there could be some goals scored. I'm going to say... Mason and I'm not trying to undermine any teams here. I'm Mason just telling Marchman. it like it is. Mason, me, 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 Mason March building on his career high in Mason goals. Mason March is going to have three goals in the next four games. Three and four. That's a- two points. Okay. I think three would be pushing it for that. So I'm going to say two points. All right. I'm going to say that you're up 11 10. I am up 11 to 10. We. We'll see Sam Bennett score twice in these four games. Because I think he's going to get to 30 goals. And there there are some home games in there where Sam Bennett always scores at home. Yes. 20 goals this season at home. Yes. He's got 26. I, he's going to get to 30. I think that'll be a fun number for him to get to, his first 30 goals. He's already set a career yep. high where he is right now. But I'm going to say he scores two in the next four. That's one point. That's a one-pointer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We could, be, we could be tied come next week. We could be. Some some pretty easy predictions this week. Some simple ones. We're not trying to reinvent the We're wheel. We're putting it in the guy's hands this week. Just like territory talk itself. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. Just talking Florida Panthers for you. A <laughs> couple of guys talking territory. So to lay out the upcoming schedule, tomorrow the Chicago Blackhawks come to town, led by Patrick Kane. 7 o'clock, FloridaPanthers.com, Ticketmaster.com to get your tickets. 954-835-PUCK on your touchtone, rotary, cellular phone, however you decide to make calls. And then the Panthers will be on the road for a couple of games at New Jersey, Saturday afternoon, 1230, at Buffalo, Sunday afternoon, 1 p.m. That'll be kickoff at Ralph Wilson Stadium, 1 o'clock on Sunday when the Panthers meet the Sabres. No, it's not going to be outside. It's going to be inside. It's going to be at, what do they call it now, KeyBank Center? That's the name of the building there in Buffalo now, KeyBank Center. Or is it KeyBank Arena? I think it, I think it is KeyBank Center. KeyBank Center. A lot of buildings have changed names in the last, like, five years. Yeah, it's uh, I'm still getting used a to lot like, of deals. I'm still getting used to, like, Crypto.com. So, That's side always note, Staples here's the tough, to here's what's tough with that situation. And this is this is the kind of conversation you didn't know you were going to get on territory. I did not. Talk. I'm bracing myself for this. So Staples Center becomes Crypto.com Arena. Yeah. And that's all fine and dandy. Here's the problem, though. And there's nothing you can do about this. That building was Staples Center for over two decades. Yep. And not only was it Staples Center for over two decades, but it was Staples Center from the start. Good luck getting two generations of people to call it something else. It's going to be very hard. Uh, even Jacobs Field is even, not Jacobs Field and hasn't been for over 10 years. Even, and in Cleveland, it's still the Jake. Even, like, things, like, have, haven't been around for two decades. I think sometimes names just stick. Yes. And I think Staples Safe Co Field is not Safe Co Field anymore, well, but I have a hard time not calling it Safe Co Field. Lone Depot Park, to me, is Marlins Park. I'm always going to call it Marlins Park. Because it was the original name. It were original, and it just it fe- feels good. It feels right, you know? Um, AAA just changed its name down there in Miami to a crypto company of sorts. That's AAA. FTX. That's AAA, though. It's always been AAA. Some things have a ring to Whereas it. Whereas I feel like that's an interesting thing about 
FLA Live Arena is I feel like, I know some people are attached to like National Car Rental or Office Depot or Bank Atlantic, but like for the most part, this really doesn't have. There wasn't one name that had a sustained enough run. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's open for business. You know, it's, there's, there, it's still, somebody can still put their stamp on this arena. It's a luxury that we have here. <laughs> territory talk, is, territory talk as always presented by Baptist Health, the official sports medicine provider of the Florida Panthers. You can tweet at Doug Plagans at Jamison Coop. Tune into future episodes as we solve each and every one of the world's problems. That's it for us. Big thanks to Billy Lindsay for stopping by this edition of the program. Big thanks to all of you for tuning in. If you have friends that have never listened to Territory Talk, do us a favor and tell them they should tune in to Territory Talk wherever they find their favorite podcasts. If they've never listened to a podcast, Make this the first one they listen to. That's it for us this week, folks. For Jamison Olive, I'm Doug Plagans. This has been Territory Talk, and you can find a new episode each and every Wednesday. Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.